Motivation Monday. Welcome back to another episode of the Brawn Body Podcast. And today I'm talking about how to get motivated for all these home workouts and workouts during the holiday season and that sort of thing. A lot of you have been saying, look, you know, workouts, you know, they're great, but I have no motivation to do them right now. Like it's, you know, holiday season, Christmas time, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever, New Year's. I want to be with my friends, my family, I want to be doing other things, don't really want to exercise, don't really want to work out, that sort of thing. So with that, first I'm going to tell you that it is okay to take a little time off. So you might have seen my uh, Instagram post last week about how last year at this time I was recovering from uh, bilateral inguinal hernia surgery and I couldn't really do much of anything for a month. Uh, basically my exercise was walking. I couldn't do any kind of weightlifting. I couldn't run. I was very limited in how much I could do stretching and mobility exercises, because as you know, you need that proximal stability at the core to allow for that distal mobility to occur and contracting your core after they had just cut through, uh, my abdominals it can be kind of painful. Uh, so, and it wasn't really recommended at the time. So I took four weeks off because I had to. And what do you know? Scroll all the way down on that Instagram page and take a look at what I did one to two weeks after I got back in the gym. I didn't lose anything for taking a month off. I was still able to do a barbell Z press with good form for 95 pounds for eight to 10 reps in one to two weeks after coming back from the surgery. That's pretty good, don't you think, for taking a whole month off? Now, I don't recommend taking a whole month off if you can avoid it, but I want you to realize that, hey, it is okay if you end up taking a little bit of time off here and there because of other reasons. You have to remember your health is multifaceted, as we've talked about, social, physical, intellectual, cognitive, emotional, and uh, spiritual. And this is the time of year where you certainly work on that mental, emotional, social, and spiritual kind of health more than the physical health for the most part. Um, At least I know I will be as I down a plate or two of sugar cookies, Christmas cookies, that sort of thing, uh, because I always look forward to doing that. It's not something I do often, but love it. And, you know, again, doing that when you're around other people, when you're Um, engaging in various spiritual-related things, whether it be uh, Christmas, obviously, and Christianity or whatever uh, you believe in or practice, that sort of thing. This time of year is about health. It just might not be the kind of health that we often think of in modern world, modern society. So that's the first piece. It's okay to take a couple days off here and there. Two, if you can avoid it, don't, because obviously... If you're, you know, not getting better and working out and improving, you're either going to stay the same or you're going to lose ground. And most of us are in this cycle right now, at least I hope we are, of continuous self-improvement. We keep climbing that mountain of life. We keep moving forward. And although some days we move faster than others, it can be pretty fa- painful to stop. Think about uh, cardio. When you go out and you go for a run, If you're doing steady state, it's pretty easy to keep going, right? You just got to keep going. But what happens when you stop and then you pick back up again? 
intervals. That's pretty exhausting. It's pretty demanding. Your heart has to work very hard to keep up with things like the intervals. So what should you do uh, right now? You should find a way to keep going forward. It might be a slower pace, but you can find ways to continue to move forward. Maybe instead of a hour or hour and a half of working out and stretching and cardio and all that sort of thing during this time of year, you cut that in half. You do a 45-minute or even a 30-minute exercise session at the start of your day, okay? So now it requires a lot less time. You can do this, you know, maybe you're staying with family, friends, whatever. You can do this in the morning before everyone else wakes up. Quick, easy, effective. And then you have the peace of mind going throughout your day of knowing you did something to get better. You did something to improve yourself from your current state. And you kept moving that needle of life forward instead of staying stuck and stagnant with where you are. So think about that. You can adapt to your current situation. And that's what a lot of people have had to do due to lockdowns and home workouts and all that sort of thing is adapt. So continue to adapt. Maybe your social demands uh, are going to be rather extensive and time-consuming for the foreseeable future. So maybe instead of you know, spending, again, hour and a half, two hours working out, maybe you spend half an hour. And maybe you go really hard for that half hour, and you find that that works better for you. Now, as far as the exact motivation piece, so we've talked so far about adapting to the current demand and current need and realizing that it's okay to step away for, you know, a little bit of time, but you don't want to fall off the wagon completely. Again, I think it's a lot easier to stay on the moving train than it is to jump off and then try and get back on. That's my opinion, and that's what I recommend to people. Um, You really have to be very motivated to get back on after an extended period of time off, and, uh, you know, it's very easy to just give up and let it go completely because that lifestyle you end up switching to, it's pretty nice. Um, You know, we talked in the neuroscience podcast about different neurotransmitters and hormones and stuff. Your body likes not really doing a whole lot of anything. It's comfortable. It's rewarding. So you have to find a way to hack that. And that's my little motivational tip here for the end of this episode is hack your body's reward system. Hack your dopamine, hack your serotonin. These are neurotransmitters, hormones that get released in response to various stimuli. So every time you go on Instagram and you get new likes or new follows, every time you go on Facebook and someone comments on your post, every time you do something that is rewarding to your body in some way, you get a hit of that. You get those neurotransmitters being released and your body says, wow, I like that. This is good. This is nice, right? But you have to hack that. If you can't control your mind, your mind is going to control you. And obviously that's kind of a mixed answer there, but essentially you have to be in control of your responses to various things because if you let your responses uh, subconsciously on a chemical level within your body dictate how you live your life, you're going to spend your life doing these things that feel good. You're going to spend your life chasing sex or, you know, eating all the greatest foods like, you know, gourmet, you know, chocolate Ghirardelli brownies with ice cream and whipped cream and all this stuff. You're going to spend your life chasing what feels good because that's what your body is wired to like. But you have to be able to shut that aside 
for a little while and hack that system. So for me, my best way to do that is to get addicted to that feeling of self-improvement, that feeling of achieving your goals. Uh, and you can do this uh, via you know numbers. If you're a numbers person, you can get tape measures out, get body fat calipers out, measure your body fat, your waist, your thigh measurements, your arm measurements, whatever it is you're looking for, chest. And um, as you work out, as you exercise, you can track those numbers every week and you can watch how they change. You can visually graph that for free on a Google Sheet or an Excel document. Free, absolutely free. It's easy to do. Uh, There's tons of YouTube how-to videos and that sort of thing on how to do that. And you can literally see how much better you've gotten over time. And seeing that, you know, you might not see it in the mirror, but seeing that visual representation of those numbers, that sounds good. That feels good. You're going to like that taste. You're going to like self-improvement and getting better, right? So another thing, and maybe this is using the wrong thing for the right reasons or right thing for the wrong reasons, depending on how you look at it, is a lot of people work out and uh, focus on their health and fitness for the aesthetic purpose. And going back to the different pleasurable things, uh, such as sex, which again, that's something we don't really bring up in modern society, but think about the popularity of an app like Tinder. Think about the popularity of these different dating apps and hookup apps and that sort of thing. People get addicted to this stuff. I'm not saying that's right, but people do. So if you need a motivator to stay fit and healthy and active, you can use the reminder that uh, there's a direct relationship between your health and fitness level and your ability to reproduce. Have you heard of the Darwin expression, survival of the fittest? He's spot on. The fittest people tend to be better at uh, the whole reproduction kind of thing. And there's all kinds of mechanisms for that, such as blood flow responses, hormonal responses, testosterone and estrogen, strength and power responses, endurance responses. The list goes on and on, and I'm sure you can use your imagination to kind of figure out why. But sometimes you need that external motivator if you don't have that intrinsic motivation. Ideally, you have that intrinsic motivation and intrinsic drive to get better, to improve yourself. And again, you can use that number system I talked about to help you get there. But if you don't, you can use external motivators, such as the example I just gave, to continue to improve yourself and improve your situation. And again, that doesn't mean it's right or wrong, and I'm not really going to comment on that. And there's plenty of different external motivators you can use. Um, So maybe you want to get in better shape to play with your kids or your grandkids or something like that in the snow. Maybe, you know, you're out shoveling snow and your back really hurt and you want to loosen up and get in better health to uh, be able to clear the snow better. Maybe you want to start reversing the uh, disease process or chronic disease that you have. Get off a medication, reclaim your life, whatever it is. Whatever it is, find something to work for and something to motivate you. Um, Even if it's just being able to teach someone something. So say you're uh, some kind of instructor, whether it be a teacher, gym teacher, phys ed, martial arts, uh, fitness instructor for that matter. There's a lot of people in these types of roles, coaches even, that don't necessarily embody the image of health and fitness that we often think of. 
So maybe your motivation is, hey, I'm going to make myself better so I can make the people I'm teaching or instructing or coaching better as well. So kind of put more into yourself so you can pour out into others. So maybe, you know, maybe it's a basketball coach, a baseball coach, football coach, lacrosse. I mean, pick a sport, anything. And maybe the coach just isn't in the best physical condition. You know, maybe they're telling their team to run, but they're standing watching. How are you going to be a good example of a leader to mold and shape these young individuals when you're telling them to do something and you're clearly not? So maybe your motivation is, hey, I'm going to get better at this. I'm going to hold myself accountable so then I can have a bigger influence and a better impact on these young individuals who are out here busting their butt day in and day out for me. And again, you can apply that to anything, fitness instructors, yoga instructors, dance teachers, uh, gym teachers, the list goes on and on and on. But, you know, essentially you have to be able to practice what you preach. Uh, This is a huge problem I even see in physical therapy. A lot of physical therapists, you know, they'll tell their patients to do different exercises or different stretches and that sort of thing. And they themselves struggle with it. I can't tell you how many people I've seen we're going to be a physical therapist that can't even perform a full squat correctly. No weight, just a body weight squat. Think about how often you squat on a daily basis. You know, anytime you sit down and stand up, getting in your car, uh, the toilet, everything like that. Squatting is essential for daily life. Think about how often you squat in athletics and athletic events. How are you going to be able to treat a patient and help them do these functional movements better when you yourself don't have the ability to do them? It makes no sense to me. And I know that someone is going to be triggered by that last statement. Someone is going to reach out to me and say, well, you don't have to do that, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, that's all well and good. You can do whatever you want. This is America, free country. You have the freedom to live your life however you want. However, all I'm saying is don't be surprised when, you know, you go into, say, say you work in a sports PT facility. That's what I'm more familiar with. And you're working with a high caliber athlete, maybe a D1 athlete, professional athlete, and you're helping them rehab after an injury. Maybe they had an injury to their knee, maybe an ACL tear. Are you going to settle for that person being unable to do full extension at the knee, so full range of motion, and perform a squat for the rest of their life? No, because they're going to get injured again, and they're going to get hurt, and they're not going to be happy with you. So you need to restore that functional ability and functional status to that person. How can you properly instruct someone to do that if you yourself cannot do it? How can you do that? If I'm going, if I'm, take me for example, if I'm going to teach you about core training or if I'm going to put together a workout program for you, wouldn't it make sense for me to have done the workouts that I'm giving you so I know, hey, this is what works, this is what doesn't, this is good, this is not good. I did this and I felt like I had some straining here or some pain here and this person has problems with that. Maybe we should avoid it. How do you know that if you don't do it? Are you just waiting for someone to tell you what it is and tell you what the right answer is and you know just get told what to do and just you know regurgitate that information to people? People don't like that. You've listened to me word vomit on here before. How do you feel? 
when I just go on these rants and tangents, kind of like I am right now. People don't necessarily like that. You're probably hearing me talk right now and feeling pretty turned off by the fact that I'm calling different people out. And these might be people you know, this might be you, whatever it might be. And I've definitely gone over my normal time and all that here. So I'm going to put a cap on it. But just think about these things, guys. Think about it. How can you preach what you don't practice? If you go to church and the pastor's up there, you know, preaching about, you know, whatever it is he's preaching about, loving your neighbor or, um, you know, sexual sin, whatever it is. And you know that on Saturday night, that neighbor, that pastor went out to the bar, got absolutely hammered, went home with a prostitute. And, you know, Sunday morning, he woke up a little bit late, slept in a bit, you know, late to his own sermon, that sort of thing. Like, think about that. Would you really trust the message that someone like that is putting out? No. Most churches pick their pastors because they practice what they preach. So I'm just going to leave it at that there. Think about those things. Run with them. Hope you all have a great day, great week. Excited for some awesome podcasts coming up. Be sure to stay tuned. Like, subscribe. Follow us on social media at Braun Body, Braun with a W. Have a good one, y'all.